This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. This is George Newbern, the voice of Superman. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming at DCAUReview.com and on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and at DCAUReview.com. Now, here's today's episode. Welcome, everybody, to episode 47 of the DCAU Review. I am your host, Cal, and along with me, as always, the DCAU Review Twitter guru, Liam. Liam, it's finally here. We got some tweeting to do today, boys. Man, we are incredibly excited as we've been hyping up for weeks now. It's finally here. Uh, We just got finished watching Justice League versus The Fatal Five, and uh, man... It uh, it's it's something else. It's a whole bunch of fun. Yeah, um, and we'll get into this as obviously as we go into our traditional categories. But uh, it's just there's there's the nostalgia factor. There's also sort of the marriage of like a more modern the way that DC Comics itself has kind of changed mm-hmm. since Justice League Unlimited went off the air. Obviously, with the introduction of characters like Jessica Cruz or Miss Martian, who may have been around but wasn't particularly prominent at that point. Um, getting to see new characters, some old returning faces. You also have like the Legion stuff, and it's just it's just a big recipe for you know it it, it has that nostalgia factor, but it doesn't just rest on its laurels, or it doesn't it doesn't just hit you with the nostalgia. It actually does try to tell a new, unique story with some new characters. Absolutely. Um, so if you are just listening to us for the first time, maybe you're checking this out, you're you're excited, maybe you just got finished watching it, maybe you're looking for a little preview, uh, this is going to be filled with spoilers. Yes. So if you have not watched the movie yet, do not listen to this podcast before you do that. Or if you do, just be prepared, because we're going to talk a lot about the plot, we're going to talk a lot about what happens uh, during this awesome movie. Uh, but Liam, if, if, if the, the listeners are tuning in for the first time, let's just remind them, uh, we, when we review you, whether it's a movie, an episode of the, uh, from the DCAU, uh, we break it down into four different categories, then we give an overall score. Uh, remind the listeners at home what those categories are. Yeah, so we got, like you said, we have our four main categories. Uh, first one is plot, we have uh, visuals slash animation, we have music, and we have voice acting. Those are all, each category has a, has a rank from one to ten. We give that out, so our final score will be blank out of 40. Um, We also have the ability to add a special bonus point if there's something that isn't really covered in those uh, four main categories, or if it's just a scene or a moment or something that really deserves its own special shout-out, then we can also give out a bonus point and... There's a special sound effect that goes with that. That's right. We we love playing sound effects on this <laughs> podcast, too. Um, but, yeah, so we always start with our plot, and uh, why don't we... I think it's the perfect place to, to keep starting here for this episode. Um, so our, our movie, I, I got to be honest, uh, initial thoughts when I first saw some of the featurettes and, and leading up to this, uh, and they mentioned that it was going to be very... Uh, heavily centered on this sort of what seemed to be a, a romance between Starboy and Jessica Cruz. 
I was uh, certainly excited because it's Justice League and return of all of our favorite DCAU characters, yeah. uh, but was also hesitant that it was going to be focused on uh, their story mainly, and we weren't going to get much uh, out of, you know, it was just kind of going to be their story in the midst of the DCAU, yeah. and uh, it was a little bit, a little bit nervous, and uh, while it is heavily focused on Jessica Cruz, it, it basically is a Jessica Cruz movie, yes. I would say, um, with... Starboy playing a large supporting role, and then you have the rest of the Justice League in there as well, uh, playing their parts. Uh, it's uh, I I didn't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hate that it was centered, and I I think you mentioned when when you were discussing about you know in the intro just what this movie is is there is enough of nostalgia thrown in. There's enough of little bits and pieces and nods and mentions of this character and mentions of of this incident and where this character is and how that relates to where we are right now in the DCAU uh, that it felt comfortable and it felt like it wasn't just they slapped the DCAU name on a new movie with the intention of getting people to watch it. Yeah, definitely agree with that. And like you said, it does focus very much on uh, the Jessica Cruz Green Lantern character and uh, both her and Starboy have uh, very pronounced uh, uh, mental issues mm-hmm. and um, sometimes superhero stories uh, deal with these type of topics with like uh, uh, the subtlety of a sledgehammer <laughs> but I, I thought they did a good job here because they're dealing with a lot of real life things one of the, the first time we really meet Jessica uh, she's talking to a therapist mm-hmm. and then she sort of has a, a sort of icy confrontation with Wonder Woman about how she, she's not even sure she wants to be a Green Lantern she doesn't believe that she has this ability. The, the ring is talking to her and telling her that she has this ability to overcome fear, and she just doesn't believe it. And then Starboy, who is, has his own mental issues, uh, brought about by the fact that the uh, antipsychotic drug that he takes in the future doesn't exist when he is uh, in the present. So when he's thrust back in time while fighting the uh, the Fatal Five, he's kind of screwed. Yeah. Um, so having those two go through different uh, different types of mental issues, but also sort of being able to find uh, camaraderie in there. And as you mentioned, it kind of seemed like it was going to be a romance, but there really isn't. Uh, and it does, and it feels much more like a you know just a, a, a budding friendship. Certainly. And there's like a throwaway line or two where it seems like maybe there's something there, but it's really not uh, the focus of it. And as you mentioned, it doesn't pull focus from what this main plot is, which is that. Uh, these these Fatal Five men, three of the Fatal Five, uh, the Persuader, Therok, and Mano, have come back in time to try to free uh, the Emerald Empress and... Thaldus. Thaldus. Uh, from their, their prisons. They're kept in the past on Oa, and so we don't know that quite yet as the start, but uh, so it's just, that's your call to action, basically. And right. So the main the main plot is uh, is Jessica sort of learning to overcome her fear and and become the hero, this uh, this hero that's referred to as Limelight in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting because I think you're right. It's the the subtlety of a sledgehammer is is is, is a uh, quite exquisite way of putting that. <laughs> uh, very succinct. I I, I think that. Um, the reluctant superhero thing has been done 
uh, you know, quite a few times. It's yeah. not, it's sort of, it, it could probably be known as a cliche uh, nowadays. Um, but usually it's because the superhero doesn't believe in their powers or the superhero doesn't believe that they're worthy or, and, and really in this sense, there's, there's some allusion to that uh, where she, she talks about, you know, why don't they go find John Stewart, which was, yes. which was a nice little nod letting us know that, yeah, it's definitely in continuity. John still exists and they explain why they don't exactly explain why earth got another green lantern right uh this would be earth's what third green lantern i guess uh but there's enough enough intergalactic police rings to go around i guess so you know who's to say uh guardians just give those out like candy these (laughs) days apparently apparently they do um but you know it's more having to deal with her mental her depression clearly that she just you know she talks about not wanting to get out of bed in the morning yeah and um you know clearly real life stuff and we've talked uh in prior episodes uh, by the way you can check out our entire archive at dcaureview.com if you'd like to uh but we've talked in past episodes about uh different topics and heavy real world things that sometimes are effectively done um on on a on a children's cartoon yeah and uh sometimes not so effectively done i felt like they did a, a good job in this episode especially balancing between it and um you know not making it uh not making it a, a crutch and not making it light of it but also not going super super heavy to the point where you yourself might become <laughs> depressed you yes. know what i mean yes definitely agreed and one of the other things as far as the tone of this all goes is it's a little more violent than your average, uh, I think, episode of Justice League Unlimited. There's, Certainly. There's blood, there's wounds that, you know, are fairly large that you mm-hmm. wouldn't probably see on an episode, a regular Dead citizens. Episode. <laughs> yes. But this didn't feel like, oh, gosh, we, we're, it's a home video release. We can swear and yeah. show all the blood and dismemberment we want. It still very much feels like uh, part of this DCAU um, see, so yeah, I guess we can get into scores here of our plot. Uh, yeah. it's, I gave it seven out of 10. I think it's really strong. Um, and I, I liked the ending where she sort of, uh, we get Jessica doing the, the Green Lantern's oath. She basically rebuilds her ring after the persuader has destroyed it mm-hmm. and, uh, and she sort of unlocks her true potential uh, Starboy gives this, uh, you know, this self-sacrifice at the end to basically reignite the sun and and keep Earth from falling into darkness. Which the whole plot of the uh, the Fatal Five's plot was to basically go back in time and destroy the Earth or, or wreak havoc on the Earth so that the Justice League would never go on to then inspire the Legion of Superheroes and all future generations of heroes. Right. And well, initially it's just to free them and then they discover they're like, "Hey, while we're here, yeah. why don't we just screw everything up so that the legion never exists to begin with?" So they get this idea to blow up the sun. Right. <laughs> which Cobra Commander. Very honestly. Cobra Commander. Yes, we're going to blow up the sun. Um which honestly, as far as the plot goes, I was a little like uh, every, because we've maybe we've talked about it on this podcast. If not, we've definitely talked about it in person, and it's it's not our it's definitely not uh, exclusive to us. But every superhero movie now, 
whether any superhero movie you go to and, and watch in the theater, there's some sort of cataclysmic event that is bound to happen at the climax of the movie that's right. going to destroy the Earth. And the superhero has to overcome all odds in order to save the Earth because... Or, in some cases, in Marvel movies, the galaxy. Right. Or, or life itself. Like, it, you know, it's it's always the stakes are now have to be so high in, at the climax Correct. of every movie that it just seems like, oh, my goodness. It's always a sky beam. It's yes. always a sky beam about to destroy destroy the Earth, and they have to stop the sky beam. So, yes. Um, you know, that there needs to be something new. And this, okay, they're going to blow up the sun. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, that's fine. And and their reasoning behind it is not to destroy Earth now as it is. It's to affect the Justice League so there is no Legion of Superheroes. It's to affect their 31st century. Okay. Yes. So I was a little bit disappointed that that was the route that they went, that it was, oh, we're going to blow up the sun so that the Earth dies. And then but who's to say if we're going butterfly slash Mandela effect here, how, right. how that doesn't affect them as well. Well, in their future, right. but I think the idea, and they don't really go into this, is that those time spheres uh, are supposed to protect you from okay. like the chronal shifts. Okay, so I, makes... I think that was the idea: is they're supposed to be inside the bubble when it all happens. That's fair, and I, I, I get that. That's good. That's 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 fair. But nonetheless, like, did it have to be that the the <laughs> sun was going to blow up? And... No, I mean, you could have just said if we kill Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman right now, then. You know, most of the others. Right. And, of course, well, that's also part of it, is, as we learn later on, is that Jessica Cruz is one of the more inspiring heroes of this of this uh, this later generation of the Justice League. Right. And was maybe the more important character there. And they thought she was already dead, I guess. So they they thought that they could just blow up the sun on their way out the door. So. Which, is, which is interesting. You talked about continuity um, and... You talked about how there is a mention in the Justice League Unlimited episode where Supergirl goes into the future. Yes. Uh, where they mention not having, and they actually, I believe, battle the Fatal Five in that. Yes, and, they do. And in that, uh, they talk about uh, how they hadn't seen a Green Lantern in ages. So it was a nice little yes. bit of Easter egg continuity there that even even then they talk about how they're, the Green Lanterns are legends in their time period and stuff. Yeah. So, um, And there is one particular scene that we've skipped over that we'll go back <laughs> and talk about later, which is the... It just We kind was, of have to talk about it in every category. Uh, yeah, so. yeah, so we might as well here. So, first of all, Starboy is a character. Um, I felt like I was going to be annoyed with him the entire time. Yeah. Um, they didn't make him... They did not make him the prominent character, which I think helped, because I... I don't have much emotional investment in the Legion of Superheroes. Right. Uh, we don't know much about them. They have, what, two two appearances in the DCAU? Yeah. Um, once in Superman the Animated Series and then once in the Justice League Unlimited. Uh, so we don't have a lot of emotional investment with that, those characters. So it was smart, I think, of uh, the writers not to make him the focal point, but to make him a support. A, a, Supporting like a like a yeah like a, a strong second character, I, I I think that it was I was surprised that I liked his character as much as it is. But who's what happens now? Let's just speculate. What happens now that in the future that he's died in the past? Well, I does guess that affect his, the timeline? I guess he still existed in the future up until the point when he goes back to the past. Whew. So. 
All right. Yeah. So there's like a time loop that'll be created there that the Justice League will, just uh, yeah. Yes. I think so there's... he was born in order to go back in time and die. Gotcha. Basically. Okay. But who's yeah? I, I don't know. Did he melt in the sun? It's not clear, or if he just like just forever in the sun. He forever has to hold the sun together. Yes, so he could theoretically still be in there. He's just like the guy that rolls the boulder up the up the hill. Yeah, has to good come, reference. Yeah, yeah, cultured. Yes, yeah. I, I can't tell you his name. I forget what his <laughs> name is, but yeah, the guy that has to carry. Or Atlas, who had to hold the world. Yes, up. there you go. Now you're. Now we're thinking exactly. All right. Um. Yeah. 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 So the scene that we're talking about specifically. Uh, if you've watched the movie already, again, spoilers, if you haven't watched it, this is probably going to be your favorite scene, too. Yes. But they go into Starboy's mind with Miss Martian, who we didn't even get a chance to talk about yet, but Miss Martian is a character introduced to the DCAU in this episode, or in this movie, rather. She's kind of there to be, like, a new teen sidekick for Batman. Yeah, um, I, I I wish we had gotten... My only complaint, I didn't hate the character. Mm-hmm. I don't hate the character of Miss Martian. I feel like there's a lot of people that don't like her as a character. Um, it like, kind of depends on how much you like Young Justice, the show, right, I think. Right. If you're a fan, you love her. If you're maybe not such a big fan of that show, you maybe aren't right. a huge fan of hers. So I, I don't have an opinion of her kind of either way. Uh, my my one complaint was we didn't get a backstory, not even like a throwaway line. We got a throwaway line for John, why John Stewart wasn't there, and so why Jessica. We got to mention a Hawk Girl as well. Hawk Girl got a, got a throwaway line. Um, we didn't get we didn't get really mentions of any of the other big seven. However, as as we're about to discuss, <laughs> we go back. Uh, we Miss Martian and Batman and Jessica Cruz go inside Starboy's mind uh, they do the thing where you know they're inside his mind and he takes them through this uh, Legion of Superheroes museum uh, which then has a special wing dedicated to the original Justice League yeah and it's just the coolest <laughs> absolutely there's there's statues of uh, many members of, of the Justice League not just the original seven but you do see all of the original seven you see Hawkgirl Marshall Manhunter uh, the Flash, and then you sort of you see the expanded roster. You see Aquaman with the hook hand, with still the hook cannon. hand, still cannon. Uh, the Atom. You see uh, Captain Marvel slash Shazam. You see Captain Atom. Yep. Uh, Green Arrow, see, Black Green Arrow, Canary. Black Canary. You see a, a statue of Miss Martian in the back. She's all excited because that's really her plot thread. Is that she's like a a trainee still mm-hmm. and she and Batman sort of busting her chops about not letting her in the league they there's a hostage situation that they deal with together at the beginning of the movie that where she kind of uh, uh, botches it a little bit and Batman sort of takes her to task for it but so she's all excited to see that and then uh, there's like this side room that's dedicated just to the Green Lanterns of Earth and this is going to open up a huge can of worms of Ma- continuity here. <laughs> Maddie and James, I'm so sorry for, for you, you, you DC, uh, DCAU timeline boys at the Watchtower database. It's going to be a mess at this point because not only do we see Jessica Cruz and Jon Stewart, we also get Kyle Rayner in his 90s costume, yes. or his actually, which is technically his current costume, yes. I guess. They've, they've reestablished that as his... Uh, his suit in the current uh, comics, which yes. we never saw in previous Correct. DCAU in, the, in his first appearance in Superman, he's basically wearing John, the suit that John wears, right? And then in the Unlimited episode, he's wearing more of like his mid two thousand suit with like the white emblem on his chest, right? 
So we've never seen Kyle Rayner look like this. So we get that Kyle Rayner, and then we get Guy Gardner. Right, never mentioned <laughs> who before. Who was never mentioned before, never seen before. And and if this is a futuristic hall of just, or, you know, honoring the Hall of Justice or whatever, the honoring the prior Justice League, I guess you could say that they happened sometime in the continuity before Batman Beyond and after... Yeah. After Justice League Unlimited stops, yes, but there's no mention. It's not like they're surprised to. See, there was no like, who's that Lantern right. or something like that. And but then you also get Hal Jordan, right? Hal <laughs> Jordan as he appears in the Once and Future thing Part Two, right, with the white gloves and like classic Hal Jordan. Mm-hmm. So I don't know who, the, how this con. Good luck, guys. <laughs> is all I can yes, say. Good, good luck, luck to Maddie and James in figuring uh, this out. Check those guys out at Watchtower Database, by the way. Huge fans of the work that yeah. they do, but uh, they have a lot of stuff with DCAU timelines. But I don't know how you're going to fit that stuff into into the timeline. I think uh, we forgot to mention also Doctor Fate was represented with oh, the yes. statues, as was Zatanna. Um, I don't think there was anybody else. The Huntress, that we missed. I the Huntress. The other you're one. right, which was a surprise. No, no, uh, not my favorite uh, favorite character of the question was not represented. No. I guess he wasn't ever an official member. He's maybe a, I don't well, know. he's the conspiracy guy, right? So he wouldn't want he wouldn't want a right. statue of himself to be honored. You know, he wants to stay off the grid. But a lot of those prominent characters from, uh, especially the first season of Justice League Unlimited, and and obviously the original seven as well. So. But yeah, that that scene is it's so phenomenal, and we'll get we'll mention a few other things about it, sure. and uh, certainly when we get to music. But uh, it's it's a really good. It, it does do a very good job of representing a silly and sort of cartoon Saturday morning supervillain as the Fatal Five's plot was. Mm-hmm. It does establish that idea that without the Justice League, there would be no Legion of Superheroes, and if there's no Legion of Superheroes, then you can't. Yeah, then the Fatal Five have no one to stop them in the 31st century. Exactly. So, as sort of a little bit hammy, over-the-top, superhero-y as it <laughs> is, I accept it because, one, that scene was so darn great, yep. and two, because it does, it still, it plays within the rules, right? If you set up the rules, even if the rules are silly, you as long as you play within those rules, I'm, I'm generally okay. So, I think I mentioned it like 10 minutes ago, but <laughs> my, uh, my plot score was a 7 out of 10. What about yours? 7 out of 10. Uh, mine was 8 out of 10. Very I, different. Uh, very different. Uh, and if you've never listened to us before, you, you'd be shocked to hear that we had similar scores <laughs> here. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, it's, uh, it's really good. I really liked it. I think going in with a sort of... Um, excitement but a muted expectation like not expecting it to be anything uh terrific and it was good it was as good as i remember watch if this had been a justice league unlimited episode uh or a justice league episode i i think i would have have liked it and we'll talk a little bit more at the very very end as opposed to uh just some general thoughts on this but uh i i think the plot is is solid Again, eh, not so on board with the blowing up the sun stuff, but I get it. <laughs> also, I felt like the ending was a l- left a little to be desired, like Jessica Cruz meets the Legion of Superheroes and they shake hands. And well, I think the idea is that they they all walk past Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman and go and they all go right to Jessica Cruz. So that's pretty good. That's pretty deep, Mike. But it just kind of like. Blank. Just kind of ends on a yes. ends on a downer a little bit because Starboy is dead and and you kind of mentioned you're like well maybe there's a post credit scene and there was not a post credit scene so correct you just kind of like okay 
Well, I can't wait for the next DCAU like in two years, maybe incarnation. Hopefully, you know if this one does well. By the way, make sure you guys are supporting this, please. Um, either subscribe and watch it on the on the uh, DC Universe when it comes out. Uh, it'll be out on April fifteenth, I believe. Same day that it comes out on uh, on physical media, it'll be on the DC Universe streaming service. Yeah, if you guys want more of this stuff, we got to support it. So do what absolutely you can. do what you can to do that uh, as as your wallet allows. All right, Liam. Uh, my, yeah, my 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 score for plot was uh, eight out of ten. Uh, we can jump now to the next category. Uh, we might as well head over to animation and visuals. A uh, lot of cool stuff, as oh we already goodness, mentioned. Yes. Uh, we can. I mean, we just talked about that scene, but the the scene in the the museum. A lot of great Easter eggs. A lot of stuff in there. But there was some other subtle stuff. Um, some surprises that maybe you weren't expecting. Um, the very first one to me would have been the Miss, time Miss Martian sort of transforms into Tim Drake. Yes, uh, which was which was funny. So this is pre-return of the Joker flashback. Correct. We know that on the timeline. There you go. More timeline yes. stuff here. I believe that's something Bruce Tim has always said. Basically, is that the Return of the Joker flashback is always after everything else they do. Which makes sense. So, because then they don't have to worry about, you know, whatever with the Joker dying and, and Tim turning into the Joker and being fired as Robin and all that. So, right. if they ever decide to do more stories in the, you know, the new Batman Adventures era, they don't have to worry about that because that's just sort of always looming <laughs> right. in the future. But it was the very first time that we got to see Justice League Batman mm-hmm. with Tim Drake Robin. Correct. We've not seen those two together before, so that's, that's see interesting. A, uh, a JLU versions of Two Face. Which was a super welcomed surprise. Yeah, that like, was... Holy crap! So, uh, so Starboy, once he lands on Earth and does not have his medis- medication to take, uh, is captured by Batman and taken to Arkham Asylum. And uh, in Arkham Asylum, we get, uh, you know, it's not. not I don't. Do they show a, a shot of the gates that it's Arkham Asylum? I don't remember no. them. I don't remember them explicitly saying that it was Arkham to start. But then, uh, not too not too long after, we see him start interacting with a very familiar Two Face, who yes. looks very similar to the way he did in New Batman Adventures. Absolutely, which see. of course didn't deviate too far from the original Batman right. either. But but then, and we also get Harley and Ivy in a, yeah, in a small cameo there, where there's sort of a prison break that Starboy causes and. Uh, there is a mention, by the way, at some point in uh, the Return of the Joker, that the original Arkham Asylum at some point is like abandoned and they move to a new facility. Oh, so this could be the new facility and the original Arkham, which is where Joker is holed up with Harley and Tim in the flashback of Return of the Joker, is uh, a, has already theory. has now been abandoned and now this is the new Arkham Asylum. Fascinating theory. I like that. I like that a lot because it did not look very much at all like the Arkham that we Correct. remembered. It looked very modern uh, as opposed to the old sort of you know 1930s or yeah. ind- uh, indescript era that the uh, that the original Arkham Asylum was. So that's a very very good call. I, I like that. I like that that could potentially fit in the continuity there. Good good callback. Uh, there is a mention also, Starboy does mention that there's, there was a clown in there yes. that happened to love pudding. <laughs> uh, no actual visual shot of the Joker, uh, but he at least got a uh, hat tip. Uh, so we know that the Joker is alive in this right. episode. And uh, so, again, that definitely confirms yeah, this is pre, that. pre-Batman Beyond Return of the Joker uh, flashback. 
Um, but uh, I, I loved the animation, honestly, in this episode. Yeah. I think, I don't know if it's it's just putting this sort of juxtaposed to the original. Uh, we've been watching a lot of Justice League recently yes. and noting how ugh, the, the, a lot of the backgrounds and how bright it is. And this, despite there being some daytime stuff happening here, a lot of it's at night. But even the daytime stuff doesn't look as sh- glaringly bright. Yeah, and you can tell these designs are a little bit tweaked even from the JLU designs. Definitely. But it's still very much, much like the the Batman and Harley Quinn animation was pretty much the new Batman Adventures look, just slightly tweaked. That's basically what this is. You can still very much see that these are the same designs, just sort of redrawn with slightly different models to play better in a more modern animation game. I so. thought I thought at times so Superman's look was a little inconsistent. I I mean I, I didn't have a huge problem with it. Mm-hmm. He looked more like I, I commented he looked more like the Justice League action Superman at times. Hmm. Um, I don't know if it's the same animation team or what, but he looked a little younger, a little more angular. I think that that Superman it's is kind of looks like if you take Superman the animated series and mm-hmm. Justice League Superman and kind of just mashed them together. Correct. It's kind of like you know. Uh, Superman S Tass head on yes on Justice League uh, Superman body at some points, but there was there were some great. I mean the the coloration is good. Batman is uh, when he's featured. I, I I even mentioned he looks just he looks mm-hmm. cool in the uh, in the episodes. Very very well done. Uh, Wonder Woman gets a, a sword added, but she uh, other than her season one cheekbones, which were gone <laughs> in season two, right? Uh, she she looks uh, pretty much the same. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that mainly the things to comment on would be the, the character designs for the Fatal Five, Jessica Cruz. I didn't like Jessica Cruz's hair. It was just, uh, for some <laughs> reason, when they try and do weird hair, uh, it, for females, we talked about that back in the Batman Beyond episode. Yeah. Even the guys that have, like, the one giant strand of hair across their head when they're balding, mm-hmm. something weird about when they try and do in weird hairstyles. Whatever her hairstyle was was distracting to me for a lot of the time. And uh, one last one last distracting piece was was Mano's logo on his chest. <laughs> for some reason, I don't know, and I guess we could look it up and see, but his logo on his chest looks like the logo for the Sinestro Corps. Yeah. And I pointed that out, and there's no, like, specific reason why I think that they did that. Maybe that's how it's always looked. Maybe the Sinestro Corps ripped off his logo. Right. I, I don't know. But it was distra- it's distracting enough for every time he <laughs> showed up in, in a scene, which was a lot, for me to say, it's weird that that looks just like the Sinestro Corps. Yeah. Um, overall, though, I was really impressed with the animation. There were two small things uh, that, that took me out of it. One was Jessica Cruz's hair. The second uh, was I noticed in one of the very first scenes they made a mistake, and I had to give it mine, uh, subtract to point for it they oh. forgot to color in batman's bat in hmm. one of the scenes he was chasing Starboy. interesting uh yeah it's very it's very quick it's very subtle but Starboy's on the ground batman's it. there and the bat was not colored in you just saw the outline of the bat huh with that said very strong uh, i really enjoyed the um constructs that they let jessica cruz do yes uh, some hammers and chains and guns and mm-hmm. a bunch of different constructs for them, and even uh, some of the surprise cameo from the other Green Lanterns. Yes, uh, their constructs also were were great too. Uh, so I gave I gave a score of eight out of ten for animation. 
And yeah, my score is 10 out of 10. <laughs> and um, that is the perfect score sound, Oh, by yes, the way. it is. Uh, I, one of my things, uh, you mentioned that we have a couple of other Green Lanterns show up. In addition to the statue cameos of the Earth Green Lanterns, we also have uh, Salak and Kilowog show up. Mm-hmm. Now, Kilowog here looked a lot more like uh, how he Arcus looked. Arcus Chummock, too, by the way. Arcus Chummock, yes. And the uh, Diamond Guy. Yes, Diamond Guy. I feel uh, like that's a, he has like an apostrophe in his name. He's like, I think you're right. Kira or something like that? Something like that. Yeah, something like that. But, I'm uh, thinking Star Wars now. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, Kilowog and Salak actually have like spoken roles. They kind of come in to try to help Jessica Cruz when she's been captured by the Fatal Five on Oa. Uh, Kilowog looks a lot more like the Green Lantern in the animated series. You did uh, the, comment the on CGI that. version of uh, that they did. Uh, I believe it only lasted one one season, twenty some episodes. It's also on the DC Universe streaming service, and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to check that out. Which. Makes sense. Obviously, Bruce Timm was involved in the character designs on that show as well. Mm-hmm. So it fits, and it doesn't look demonstrably different than the Kilowog. He's a little um, more pig-like, a little yes. more stocky. Yes, uh, it looks like maybe he gained, like gained some weight. Yeah, <laughs> between uh, between when we last saw Agreed. him and uh, and now, but it's not so drastically different that it that it takes you out of it or anything. Sure, and it was cool to get those cameos as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, and aside from that, uh, the final scene when uh, Emerald Empress's eye is going to blow up the sun <laughs> and uh, Superman chases after it, there's some really breathtaking visuals as you, Superman takes off and you just see the red streak blow up into the sky and then hit, they sort of follow him as he's getting closer and closer trying to grab the eye before it can go into the sun uh, and, and the the light changes around, keeps changing around him as they get closer to the sun and then when the explosion happens, uh, really, really tremendous stuff. Um, and a lot of the fight scenes near the end where kind of each leaguer pairs off with a member of the Fatal Five and they have a little fight. Batman fights Mano. Superman fights uh, Thaldis. And uh, Wonder Woman fights Therok. It's really, really, really cool stuff. And what did you think of the Fatal Five's designs as a whole? I liked him a lot, especially... Valdis was really the only one I was familiar with. That was because he had a DC uh, Universe Collectibles uh, figure mm-hmm. back, or a DC UC Universe Classics figure back in the early, mid to, to late 2000s. Yeah, I mean, I, re- I remembered them from the from the, the Justice League I do not episode. remember that episode at all, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll review that somewhere down the line. But, uh, so I, they look pretty much the same there. I remember the, also there was the, the Legion of Superheroes cartoon, which James Sucker produced for a couple uh, yes. seasons. Where they were also featured villains on that, so yeah, they they look pretty much like they're how I've always seen them portrayed. I particularly we mentioned I liked Therok's design the best mm-hmm. because we've already seen a couple like half man half robot designs, correct? Even within the DCAU, correct. Of course, if you expand it to outside DCAU, you know things like Cyborg, but within DCAU, somebody like Metallo has already existed, right? And they found a way to make him very. I thought very visually interesting without repeating themselves. Agreed. The fact that his arm, like he has a very metallo comic book metallo um, like abilities as far as his, you know, being able to create guns with his arms and uh, form bombs out of nothing, I guess. Yes. Um, but he is a cool visually like 
visually neat looking character. Um, even the human side of him or the, you know, the, the humanoid, uh, facial side of him looks like a, a character designed straight out of like ni- the 1950s or something like that with his like arched eyebrow and big, like big demon eyes and stuff like that. Really, 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 really well done. Um, I think, I think the character designs as a whole for this were, were good. Um, obviously Jessica Cruz is a new design, uh, it, it but uh, felt other than her distracting hair, I, I felt <laughs> felt like she fit right in uh, with the DCAO designs. Miss Martians, I, I don't understand why they ended up giving Miss Martian um, as a character. Not, I know that's what her character design is, but why does she have red hair? That never understood that. Jean, yeah. what is her? And because we didn't get a backstory, I guess her backstory in the comics is what's her relation to Jean? Well, she was a a white Martian. Okay, who disguised herself as a green martian and then was she portrayed herself as uh jean's niece okay although in reality i don't think they're actually related by blood because she's a white martian and he's a green martian right so yeah that's not delved into at all and like we said you know fingers crossed there'll be future projects where they can expand on this but yeah her design and we don't see a lot of like we see her phase a few times. It's not clear mm-hmm. if she has all the same powers that John has because we don't really see her shape shift at all. Right. Nope. Um, we just kind of see her fly. She and, phases. And she flies. She, mind reading. Yes. So she can seems to have m- most of the same powers, but maybe that's maybe. Well, she shape shifts into Robin. That's true. She does shape so, into Robin. So. But she doesn't. Outside of that, she doesn't do any like John would shape into a, like creatures that yeah, we like didn't. snakes or dragons or things like that or it's so cool Can't turn himself it. to stone or stuff like right. that. So that we don't see her perhaps uh, exhibit that same uh, ability as as John does as far as the shape shifting goes. But yeah, I I I liked the design. It's interesting. They it's. A pretty unique design for Miss Martian because usually she's like looks almost like Martian Supergirl. Like she has like right. the short skirt and the you know a lot of exposed skin. Mm-hmm. And here she's wearing like a full like black bodysuit. She still has the red uh, you know crosses across her chest the way that reminded she, me of that. Was that the New Fifty Two Martian Manhunter uniform? There's or the... a couple. I think it was actually like the one year later, like two thousand five okay. to two thousand seven ish. That look. black suit with the red. Yes. That's that seems to be his like whatever media nowadays because he looked the same in the Supergirl TV show too. Yes. I believe. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I think character designs are strong. I think the animation, uh, except for those that one minor hiccup and the you know the the hair stuff, I, I think it looks good. Like I said, there was a little inconsistency between the way Superman looked at certain times, but I I think overall everything looked really really smooth. Um, there was no other like glaring mistakes or things that stood out as distracting. Uh, I think that the the places where the battles took place were great. I think, um, yeah, I think it was it was great overall. So uh, both high scores on our absolutely. End for that. All right, uh, Liam, let's move over to our music. I will let you start with music because I've been rambling for man, a bit here. But man, music in this is so good, and part of that is as we mentioned because this is the first DCAU project, first Justice League project in so long. Uh, they get to go back to a lot of old favorites, but I would say they don't overdo that either, Correct. where it's just resting on your laurels, like we mentioned in in plot earlier. But one of the first things that happen is when the time sphere first explodes and comes down to Earth, and it, it rains down on Metropolis, and Superman catches it, we immediately get Shirley Walker's Superman theme, 
Thank it was God. As epic as ever. It was, um, it was so, it was just like music to our ears. It was like, all right, here we go. Yes. We're, and we're, it, we're home. Like yeah, it felt, it exactly. felt, it felt like coming home. And, uh, we, when we first see Wonder Woman, we, we hear her, her theme from Justice League as well. Um, and then, of course, we get a little bit of the, the Shirley Walker Batman theme as well. I was scared because when Batman first appears, there was no Batman theme. Correct. And I was like, oh, that was no, odd. that was strange. Like, they didn't use the Batman theme. Like, mm-hmm. did they decide not to, like, I don't know. Like, you're you're just running through your head like, oh, no, we're not going to get the Batman theme. But then we were, we were very excited to hear it brought in moments later. Yes, absolutely. And... So yeah, you get the you get those familiar themes. As we mentioned, we keep going back to that Hall of Heroes scene because it was so great. Uh, you get the original uh, Justice League theme played sort of very softly. As you also get the Justice the League Unlimited theme. Correct. When the fir- Justice League first kind of all appears together, you get the guitar. Yes, you get the the Unlimited theme. So they they hit all of the uh, the b- major notes there. Uh, and there's also some some really good. I thought uh, some of the uh, music for the fight scenes again for that final. Uh, uh, for that final moment, as Starboy is sacrificing himself, it's it's it like it swells in the right places. It holds back when it when you know it needs to be more dialogue heavy. Mm-hmm. It it knew when to hold back and when to sort of go with the very grand, uh, you know, over the top moments. So Jessica's Jessica had a theme too that sort of comes out when she's giving the oath that you mentioned when she after she leads the the fatal five to oa and uh there's this battle between kilowog herself and uh salak to try and defend oa and she's you know her ring is destroyed and she's buried under some rubble and she has to use the the green lantern oath to to put the ring back together so to speak um she there's a there's a cool theme that swells there and then continues uh when she comes to earth to kind of save the day as it were as the fatal five seem to be getting the upper hand and are about to leave uh, after they've launched the eye t- into the sun <laughs> man that sounds convoluted when you say it yeah. that way but when she comes in and snatches them right before their little pod leaves yes uh there's a there's a cool theme that swells there and and continues within the action there so i i thought that even the original theme there yes, hers and, and the one you mentioned as Starboy is sacrificing himself was was good too the, the dream team reunites, of course. Yes, absolutely. We have we had Christopher Carter, we had Michael McQuistian, and we had Lolita Ritmanis, who, of course, all did varying work on Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. And I believe, I believe at least Christopher Carter was around back on Batman Beyond. Yeah, so. he did a lot of the Batman. I believe Beyond he might have stuff. even done the theme for uh, the main theme for Batman. Beyond, I believe so. he did, and it 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 definitely shown there. There even in the scene where Batman is in Arkham Asylum as Starboy escapes. There's it sound I commented man it sounds a lot like Batman Beyond here like, yes um, which is a good thing because uh, we've remarked in those episodes again you can go back and check out the episodes we've reviewed of Batman Beyond but a lot of times the music is the highest some of the highest rated things yeah. that we talk about in those episodes so uh, really just over the moon about how well this was done you could tell and you know if you follow those guys on Twitter just how excited they've been oh yeah about getting getting back into the DCAU and getting back together and, and and being able to score something that was uh, such a huge part of their their careers and near and dear to them, and you could really, I think, feel that in in the end product. Um, Absolutely, I gave music a ten out of ten. Wow, yep, and I gave music a ten out of ten. There we go. All right, so yeah, it's it's really quite tremendous. And like we said, I think the fact that 
you get all those familiar notes, literal notes, and then you also <laughs> uh, you also get some new original music as well. Like, uh, like I'm probably gonna look into buying the soundtrack. Yeah. On, uh, on iTunes or, or Apple Music because it's I'd like to just listen to all of it and and really get a, a better feel for it. But like you said you get all the moments that you notice. You know the the Wonder Woman scene when she's battling the the Persuader. You get you know sort of a very triumphant version of her theme from Justice League. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's even a little bit of music that almost sounded like they were going for the a version of like the DCEU uh, yeah. Wonder Woman theme. Sure, the the, like uh, the best part of yes <laughs> of oh. any mu- any musical notes in any of the uh, any of those movies. Correct. Uh, there's similar music. It doesn't quite go full. You know, doesn't Correct. actually use that music, but it's certainly a sim- similar note, and then sort of melds that with the the Justice League Wonder Woman theme. So. It's really, really well, and as we mentioned in, in every category here, it's it's that everybody kind of gets a moment to shine, even though the original leaguers that we know aren't the main characters here, they're still, you know, well represented, and they all get their moments, and their their music and their accompanying themes are such a big part of those characters, so. Right. Yeah, it was, it was really, it was great to hear slash see that. Absolutely, I agree. All right, why don't we move on to our final category of the day, Liam, which is voice acting. And uh, we always do a recap of some of our of our players, of our voice actors, just to let let the the listeners know at home uh, who they were listening to. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, we really don't need to go into <laughs> our our mainstays here. We you know, of course, we have Kevin Conroy as Batman. We know we have uh, George Newbern returning as Superman, yes. which was we were talking about this that. Interesting debate. Are you a, are you a Tim Daly guy or a George Newbern guy? We, we, I think we discussed this back on our very first episode of Justice League that we reviewed. I think I'm a George Newbern guy. Not that I dislike Tim Daly's performances, uh-huh. but I think there's just a little more nuance, a little more uh, in like the way there's a little more emotion in mm-hmm. George Newbern's performance. And part of that is if you've ever heard Tim Daly act in anything else, that's just how he talks. Right, like he has a very monotone voice. So that, and I think that it's it's a little difficult sometimes in uh, in when you're on, when you're only acting with your voice and you have sort of a monotone voice, it can be difficult to really get into those more emotional beats. And not that there's no good Tim Daly performances. We've certainly talked about them uh, in like episodes like Apocalypse Now or right. something like that. But I just think overall, uh, George Newbern, I think is I think that's hashtag my Superman. That's that's right. Um, I I would that's a that's a pretty strong argument. I I wouldn't I don't think I would disagree with it. Um, who else do we do we do we have? And uh, Susan Eisenberg obviously, obviously. Is, is Wonder Woman to uh, return. She doesn't do a, a lot. They, they don't have a lot of vocal uh, parts for her there. She doesn't. She's not. She yeah. is probably third tier to Bat Batman. I would say has the most of the original yeah. speaking parts, which Kevin Conroy. Great to have the goat back. Yes. Um, and then, as we mentioned, George Newbern, Superman, has has some equal dialogue. Uh, but of those original Justice Leaguers, I would say um, she probably has the least amount. Yeah, definitely. She's Like I said, we, she sort of has, has an initial conversation with uh, Jessica in the beginning of the movie. But then after that, she's just sort of there to sort of react to all of the sort of the havoc that the fatal five causes so again uh you know knock on wood hopefully in in future uh future projects she'll get uh you know susan eisberg will get more of a a chance to shine as in her own right there but always great to have her back she's she's wonder woman to me agreed yeah so uh not as much here for for susan as we mentioned but 
hopefully we'll uh, we'll be able to see her get a chance to shine more in in future future DCAU projects. Hashtag JL reunion. Absolutely. And then of course we have our so our I guess not really guests. It's a main cast because it's not a it's a movie. But yep. <laughs> my my uh, my. Uh, my instincts were to say guest cast, but right. no. But we have uh, we have Diane Guerrero as Jessica Cruz, who, as we mentioned, is basically the the main character of this piece. Yep. Um, she's probably best known to people that would listen to this podcast as Crazy Jane on the Doom Patrol live action series that's going on. I have not had a chance to watch it myself yet. But... I have. It, she's very good on it. She okay. has a lot of range. The character is basically one that has like 65 different personalities and okay. each personality has a different superpower so it's a lot of different very uh you know varying emotions and and personalities to play and she does a really good job there she's also on uh orange is the new black ah. if, uh, if you haven't watched any of the dc university you wouldn't recognize her she's one of the latinas uh, in ah. orange is the new black so very good. yeah she's good on that show too yeah so I, th- I thought she did a very good job as uh as jessica cruz here mm-hmm. she's there's a lot asked of her for you know, for someone who's never really played in this world before. Correct. <laughs> uh, again, a lot of emotions to go through when we, when we see her at the start. As you mentioned, she's talking about how she can barely get out of bed some mornings, and and, and then I, I, I got to be honest. I, I initially, again, from those featurettes that they showed when they first announced this and revealed that it was going to be there, I was not. I was kind of like, ooh, I don't know. Because they showed like clips of her recording her audio, mm-hmm. and it was like, ooh, I don't know if that's going to be any good at all. <laughs> and I was pleasantly surprised and proven wrong. She was she was fantastic. I thought. Yeah, absolutely. I thought she did a great job. And again, going for that journey from the the tepid, sort of almost angry with herself. Uh, there's a line somewhere where she, you can't force your brain to do what it doesn't want to do. Yep. And sort of that sort of becoming the central focus and then her finally getting her heroic moment at the end where she comes back and stops the Fatal Five. I thought she did a really good job. We have uh, Elias Gable as uh, as Starboy. He was on the, the CBS show Scorpion, which ran for like five or six years. It might still be on. Might still be on. We don't um, know. Those CBS shows go for, They, go they forever. Go forever. <laughs> but uh, uh, so if you're a fan of the, the, the network television uh, action dramas, you, you may uh, be familiar with this man, but Again, his first couple scenes I thought were a little rough. Yes. And it was more and I felt like if he talks like this the whole movie it's going to ruin it for me. Agreed. But thankfully it felt like he was uh he got more I don't know if it's just he got more comfortable or they just used different takes or if they just really wanted him to be really over the top and manic in those first few scenes, which I mean that kind of does make sense based on what he was doing. He's panicking because one, he's trying to stop the Fatal Five, and two, he's he's out of his medication. Right. Uh, so there's there's that. So- An- another yeah, another thought thought on that is that maybe because you know we learned that the character has this you know has a has a mental disorder that it sort of lends to that idea that oh okay he's talking so monotone because he's off his medication. And if you've ever been around somebody or seen somebody or known somebody or you yourself, when you're not there's a there's a very stark difference between somebody who when they take medicine for stuff like that and when they don't take medicine yes. for that. So to me, I think it warmed it maybe for for me mentally it was just kind of I warmed up to that. Oh, this character isn't necessarily in their right mind. So him delivering his lines this way isn't isn't bizarre. Yeah, and maybe? I also I also think about it from the perspective of an actor. The idea is because he's off his meds, he's acting this way. Right. But we've never met quote-unquote normal, right. like, on-med Starboy. Right. 
So he's playing a character who is different from what he normally is, but we don't really have reference for what he normally is, right. other than a few throwaway lines from Saturn Girl at the beginning, and a little bit when, the, as you mentioned, when they go into his brain, he talks about it a little bit, but... Yeah, I th- I do think he did a, a very good job. Especially... He was the one that I was concerned about the most mm-hmm. because same thing with those from those featurettes. I was like, oh, I do not like the way this guy is talking. <laughs> it is it is going to be rough if he's going to be one of the main characters. And again, they did. I think they did a good job of making him a supporting character, yes. second tier, like upper echelon of second tier character uh, that didn't have him do the heavy lifting. Because if he did have to do the heavy lifting, it might be a different story. Agreed, agreed, but. Uh... Rounding out this cast, we had uh, Danielle Babadia as Miss Martian. She was fine. Uh, yeah, think. again, like we said in in, uh, in visuals and in plot, not she didn't have a big role to play other than to sort of be a, a bit of a comedic foil for Batman. Mm-hmm. And uh, but again, she does a fine job. And then uh, of course we had Kevin Michael Richardson, a veteran, the veteran voice actor from plenty of projects, DCAU and non DCAU alike. Uh, as Mr. Terrific. Yes. Uh, he does a good job. Not Again, not a ton. Mr. Terrific, we didn't even really mention him in visuals, but most of Mr. Terrific's stuff is visual stuff. It's yeah. a lot of the T-spheres that he uses sort of change into different shapes and have different functions to turn into, like, little discs, almost like a Mr. Miracle, and he can fly on them. Mm-hmm. Some are turning into, like, uh, handcuffs almost to, you know, to try to contain these fatal five guys bomb holders yes the one goes over the the one guy's head yeah so but, yeah it, it, so but so there's not a ton of actual uh, performance from kevin michael richardson there other than he sort of brought in as the the science guy to sort of try to right. explain you know some of the the time travel and stuff to, i thought he was really good though. no he does, I, he does I like a very him. good job i know um, that's a controversial topic <laughs> that we'll get into uh once we start maybe doing a, a, a the batman episode yes uh, but uh, we'll talk about what we're doing next month yeah, at the end of our yes, show here. Yes, yes. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. But uh, rounding out the cast, we had uh, we had Sumili Montano as the the Emerald Empress. She doesn't have a big role to play, other than you know, again, a lot of her stuff is more visual. At the end, she attacks the Green Lantern Corps once her eye is powered up, and she's and then fine. She, yeah, she's fine. Um, probably the guy who talks the most out of the Fatal Five is uh, Philip Anthony Rodriguez as Mono. He was fine. Um, he does a, a solid job, and they, they sort of try to explain a little bit, because apparently him and the Emerald Empress are romantically involved, so mm-hmm. this is a bit more personal for him than for the rest of the Fatal Five, who kind of just want to wreak havoc. Yep. Um, so there's that, and then we did have a, we have Peter Jessup as Therok, who's a veteran voice actor, does a lot of video games, uh, hmm. and Fallout, and Destiny, and and several others there, so... And one very important voice oh, acting course, cameo, which we Couple were surprised. Actually, yeah, he one actually, in particular. One in particular. Uh, one Bruce Tim, a uh, veteran voice actor oh, yes. as well, now uh, made a return appearance. This time as the villainous Two Face. Yes. Which we were shocked at the end. So this is hilarious. Now he sort of has done a Joker. Yes. Uh, as you know, the voice of the main Joker's leader in Batman Beyond, and now he gets a go at doing uh, Two-Face, which gotta be honest, it was a uh, it was a really good impersonation 
of Richard Mall, who played Batman or who played Two Face on uh, Batman the Animated Series, of course. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think he did a he did a solid job, and it was in. Yeah. We mentioned already that the cameo was was pretty fun. Uh, there's a there's a funny line where uh, Starboy asks him if he's eating for two, which is <laughs> funny. Uh, but uh, yeah, I I, um, I I thought Bruce did a fine job as yeah, two well, all things considered. Yeah, and as we was funny was we were watching it, we were like, well, we know that's not Richard Mall, yeah, but it's a pretty good impression, yeah. And yeah, it turned out to be Bruce Tim. I think Bruce Tim also does like two or three other voices in the movie as well, which is a you know, of course, a tradition. In, of course, uh, these comics, he's always got to do a background voice or something. So it was, it was, it was again just another one of those familiar things that that makes you feel happy there. And uh, of course, we also had, uh, of course, the the legend Tara Strong, who yes. voiced uh, another veteran. Yes, voiced uh, t- uh, Saturn Girl in this piece. Of course, was Batgirl back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, once Arlene Sorkin retired, she's also sort of taken up the mantle. As I was the, saying, you could definitely pick out her voice as Harley yes. Quinn and jumping around. She didn't have any lines, but yes. the, the grunts and the oofs and the yes. ahs and um, so, which I uh, which it was it was just not, again nice to see a lot of those familiar voices like Tara Strong or Kevin Michael Richardson get a get a chance to play with these uh, some of these new faces and and also with the the old returning favorites. So. Yeah, I gave voice acting for a score. I gave it a nine out of ten. Very close to being perfect. I think I would have given a perfect score. Um, I I just had. Like, I could have used a little more from the Fatal Five personally. Yeah, agreed. They're uh, not bad, but they're not knocking it out. And of the park. there was. Uh, it was this was just dying for a Corey Burton appearance. Oh man, yeah. How could we not he get played Thera. Yeah, clearly, obviously, any of those guys could have been Corey Burton and we missed Corey Burton. He could have played Brainiac 5. Somebody, anybody. Like, uh, where is my Corey Burton uh, appearance? Uh, because of that I gave it a 9 out of 10. Call it nitpicky, but it's my <laughs> score. <laughs> hey. That's what right. What about you? Yeah, I gave it an 8 out of 10. Really strong. Didn't uh like I said, certainly didn't dislike anybody's performance, but you know, a few minor things I think we could have done that would have really enhanced it. But, you know, an 8 out of 10, still a, still a very strong score, obviously. Um, and I think that would about bring us to our final scores. It does. Let's total... Oh, oh. there we go. And that sound effect, as we mentioned, we love sound effects on this podcast, <laughs> uh, means that uh, there is a bonus point. Liam, I'm going to assume that it's you. Do you have a bonus point for I this episode? I do, in fact, have a bonus point, And Let's it won't it. take me very long to talk about it because we've been talking about it all episode long. <laughs> But yeah, that scene in Starboy's mind where he goes into the Hall of Heroes, we see all of the very many Legion heroes make a cameo, and then we see the the statues of the Justice League, the statues of the Green Lanterns, and the Green Lantern power battery. It's just all all that scene with the you know with the statues, with the representation of what the Justice League means to these future generations, and of course the classic Justice League theme playing in the background during it. It checks off a box in every single one of our four main categories, yes. and so I thought it was worth its own special point. Just because when you can, you, when you can marry all four of those moments together, it really does, I think, drive home what makes these cartoons so special. There's a reason we've done 47 episodes of a podcast <laughs> about this. There's a reason that you're listening to a podcast of a couple guys you don't know talk about that, and that's that shared love of you know the. When, it, when you compare it to any other superhero animation, the voice acting, the plot, the music, and the visuals are just, it's second to none. And even all these years later, it's still, it's still the gold standard. It's the best, and I, I'm going to throw this out there, it's the best shared universe in the history of DC 
I mean, in the history of comic book uh, outside of the the print, we'll say that. Yeah. So if you're any sort of comic book media shared universes, sorry, this gets the edge over Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe for me. Agreed. They've done a fantastic job uh, of, of doing what they do, but this this is tops. That's why we have a DCAU review podcast yes. and not a MCU review. I'm podcast. sure that those exist too. Though. Yes, yeah, I'm sure they are. Feel free. Yes, exactly. Um, all right, final scores then, I guess, Liam. Uh, my total, after after totaling everything up, brings me to a very strong 35 out of 40, which is probably uh, de- enough to land it within top 10 if I had to guess. We can go back and check later. But yeah, there's some. there were probably some tied episodes. and For sure. Yeah, and I'll, I'll probably tweet out what our, what our highest rated episodes were sometime this week. Yes. Just to sort of do a refresher now that we're a little further into the show than the last time I did that. But... Yeah, my final score is 36 out of 40. Very different. Very different. We are brothers, if we didn't mention that on this episode, <laughs> by the way. We've certainly mentioned it in past episodes. Yes. Uh, our scores are similar, but very rarely the same. Yes, very so. rarely the same. Absolutely. But, uh, all right, so we new tradition that we started probably, I don't know, 20 episodes ago was talk about rewatchability. And yeah. we discussed this before we started recording, just as a thought, and um, it's difficult because we're... Obviously, we just finished watching this episode or this movie for the very first time. It's our very first trip back to the DCAU, um, not notwithstanding with with Batman and Harley Quinn, <laughs> uh, but the very first one that we've had since we began this podcast. Yes. Um, so there's a little bit of excitement and and uh, nostalgia about that. Uh, so whether or not there's rewatchability for this, I don't know that I'm going to go back and I, I can say, I don't know that I'm going to go back and watch this five or 10 times. Like I would a, you know, a classic Batman episode or even sure. Batman mask of the phantasm. Yeah. Um, I say it's definitely worth a watch. And I think that the people that were disappointed with Batman and Harley Quinn, as far as the tone, as far as, you know, maybe not taking, not taking itself seriously enough, Sort of, and you know, a lot of people's complaints were that it, it kind of poo pooed on the past. Um, yeah. You're going to be, you should be okay with this. Um, I'd be very surprised to hear that you'd be disappointed with the tone and the way that this is done. Yeah, and I, th- I think we've we've talked about that. It it pays tribute to the past, but it doesn't live in it. Correct. And it 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 may, like I said, it, it really did feel like coming home. It felt like Christmas morning. I was so excited. Uh, you know, I was so glad that we got to to watch this together and. And and watch a new a new DCAU thing in twenty nineteen uh, twenty G darn nineteen. It's pretty freaking cool, and you would have had to do something real bad to really disappoint us. But I think the fact that it was as solid and very good as it was is really a testament to they again they didn't just want to rest on their laurels or they didn't they didn't want to just oh, take advantage of fan goodwill. They tried their very best to tell a new unique story just within this world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so as far as rewatchability goes, does it does it l- line up with that? Maybe you know, with with that with that really top tier of those certain episodes or movies? Maybe maybe not, but it's really strong. We've and- talked to, so in the past, and again, please go back and listen to some of our episode uh, old episodes. We'd love for you to to listen to those and, and and hear our thoughts on some of those. But we've talked about this in reverse, where an episode may get a low score, but gets a but we're like, yeah, definitely, you're not going to not watch this right. episode. Like, absolutely, you need to go back and watch this episode. Um, this may work in reverse a little bit, where it's it is a higher score because we're excited about it because it's. 
it's really strong and it, it checked off all of the boxes. Yeah. With that said, it may not be one that we return to every year or watch five or ten more times, you know, in, right. in the next decade or so. Or even if we were to start a podcast 20 years from now to go back and say, all right, this is going to be one of the ones we have to watch. Yes. Um, but I think for new stuff, which is what people are always craving new things. Yeah. And rarely, rarely do those things live up to the hype. Agreed. Rarely, more often than not, it's like, man, why did you just poop all over my if, childhood? If you've watched the more recent seasons of Arrested Development. Oh, if, my goodness. <laughs> depending on your feelings on modern Star Wars movies. Like, there's yep. a lot of examples of old things being brought back and for one reason or another not being quite the same as they were and you, you're going to deal with a certain percentage of fans who like that it's different mm-hmm. and that they're trying to go in a different direction and there's going to be some fans who hate that it's different and you know feel because it feels like it's departed or it's gone too far away from what it was and like we've said I really think this movie did a very good job of like marrying those two roads like Agreed. it breaks new ground but it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's trying to uh crap on anybody's legacy and i you know, we've talked about this in passing we don't we don't hate batman and harley quinn no um it was just it's just a comedic story right. um but it, I, I understand why people didn't like it right whereas this i think again checks more of the boxes of what people were expecting from a dcau project and Certainly. so yeah overall rewatchability it's good and in our score categories you know technically it's very very good yeah so Definitely worth a watch if you're if you're on the fence about purchasing this for some reason. Yep. Um, definitely, definitely, I would say go out and support this. If for no other reason than the more we support these projects, the better chance there are is of an official, you know, full hashtag JL reunion in the next year or two. And and who knows? Maybe there's a chance to see a Batman Beyond movie down the line, or a Superman movie, or a Static movie, or something. You know, areas of the DCAU which haven't been as fleshed out as well as Batman and the Justice League have been. So, uh, overall, just real happy. Real happy that this exists. Same. Happy that it was good. And uh, it was a really enjoyable experience. Absolutely. All right, that will bring us uh, to the very end of our episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you have uh, tuned in for this episode and not listened to past episodes, you can head over to DCAUReview.com. Uh, we have them archived. We have them broken down by category, supervillain, superhero, series. Uh, definitely check those out. We can also get them on iTunes and also on the Google Podcasts app, so you can check those out. Also, don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter. Uh, we are... We we are desperately trying to give away free things. <laughs> I mean, uh, we're we're steadily, we're almost there. I feel like we're gonna this weekend's gonna push us over the edge. I can see it. I, I can, can feel it. I can feel it happening. So make sure if if you're listening to this and you haven't followed us, follow us at DCAU Review. Liam is the DCAU Twitter guru. Liam does all of our tweeting. Uh, great stuff that's happening over there. Lots of fan art, uh, discussions about different episodes. We love. We would love to hear what your thoughts are once you've watched this. Uh, or maybe if you're sitting out and you, you, you've given up on DCAU after <laughs> Batman or Harley Quinn, uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on that too. Uh, we'd love to interact with you. Uh, Liam, any closing thoughts? Uh, just, again, to wrap up, definitely want to want to talk to everybody. Once we get to 250 followers, we are within 10 yes. of 250 followers as we record this. Uh, we will be giving away a free copy of the Almost Gotham board game. 
Uh, we'll we'll go into more details on that once we hit that 250 followers, or you could go back and listen to our old episodes true. where we first explained it. But it's true. But uh, we'll we'll get back to that soon, hopefully. And uh, very excited to announce starting next week. We've already mentioned this on Twitter, but uh, the official announcement starting next week: we're doing a month of Batman stories because we're right. we're in the 80th anniversary of Batman. Detective Comics 1000 came out just this past Wednesday. Happy birthday, Dark Knight! Happy birthday, Batman! It doesn't look a day. Doesn't look 80. Kevin Connery is definitely not 80. <laughs> Hashtag Long Live um, the Bat. Absolutely. And uh, to celebrate that, we're doing a month of Batman. But instead of going right back into uh, Batman the Animated Series, we're going to be doing a month of Elseworlds Batman. Super Kicking exciting. off next week with a, a, our second ever episode that we'll be reviewing of Batman the Brave and the Bold. We got a little movie tie-in also. with uh, It's a huge month for DC, obviously. Absolutely. With the uh, Shazam, uh, the re- hashtag my Captain Marvel uh, <laughs> coming out. And uh, he th- that movie due out next weekend. We will have a episode of Batman Brave and the Bold that coincides with that. Very excited about getting that episode out. But uh, thank you guys for listening to this. We know this is an extra long episode. Thank you for tuning in. And we hope that you will check us out, follow us on Twitter, and uh, give us some feedback. So, I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. And we'll talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Goodbye. <laughs>